Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. and welcome to series four episode two of recall the midwife i'm alex i'm becky i'm jen um just a quick reminder that this week's episode deals with infant mortality and traumatic birth so if those topics are ones you would prefer to skip this time we understand and hope you join us for the next one in this week's episode we learn that sister evangelina is suffering from fibroids and must undergo a hysterectomy which means a long period of convalescence We welcome new midwife Phyllis Crane, whose no-nonsense attitude causes her to cross swords with Sister Evangelina. Barbara is back on midwifery duties and she and Patsy face a difficult delivery when Abigail Bissett's baby is stillborn. Nanata's house rallies behind them and we then discover it's a case of undiagnosed twins. Sister Julianne continues to struggle with the maintenance and upkeep of Nanata's house. When a benefactor comes forward, we meet Charles Newgarden, who is an important part of Sister Julianne's past. Trixie and Tom clash over wedding plans following their engagement, and we also meet Patsy's friend, Delia. Okay, girls, should we get into it? Can I just say, this week's a special episode. Yes! Me and Becky are actually together in real life. And yeah. we've gone to see Sister Act today. We're very on brand for yeah. you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a non-heavy day today. Yeah, two out of three of the Dream Team are reunited. So it, this is an extra and powerful And it feels episode. so good. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're here. And also Becky, uh, not Becky, you're Becky, you're Jen. Jen, um, yes. Becky, can you lift your hands up for Jen, please? <gasps> oh, Becky has turned in to... Mrs. Jenkins. Mrs. Jenkins. She wears fingerless <laughs> gloves all the time. I was like, uh, Be- Becky, what, what are those? Mrs. Mrs. Jenkins. Have, have you gone to the bathroom in public yet? That's that's the next step. I did well, it outside, Sister Act. 
but I know why Mrs. Jenkins smells of wee now. It's because I keep going to the bathroom. Like I wear these around <laughs> the office as well. Like I go to the toilets and then I'm like, oh, I've still got my fingerless gloves on. I need to leave these outside the bathroom. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was a bit horrified. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Becky is just further cementing her role as like literally the oldest woman alive that's just been time traveled here from like well, she's ages also past. so we've got my daughter here and uh, Becky's niece here, and they've been sewing together. And <gasps> oh, that is so cute. It's been really cute. But also oh, how good was Sister Act? Yeah, Sister if anyone wants to go and see Sister at the musical, I had I, I was dubious because I went to see Bodyguard the musical and that was awful um mm. but can i just say that is not shared by everyone in the, i've never seen it but i don't want to be slagging off if people love it <laughs> i didn't love it but sister at the musical was amazing my five-year-old well, got a little scared yes yeah, she did she, she was the youngest there by far also we were sat up in the grand upper circle grand yeah circle. oh yeah she was literally like red-faced <laughs> Well, yeah, all the heat rises when there's that many people in the theater together. Oh my goodness, that is yeah. That she, is... Honestly, she's like a lizard. Her, she gets it off her dad in our house. Like the aircon, it's just honestly, it's absolutely freezing. I'm always freezing and wearing those jumpers and those two around in t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, she's been like that ever since she was born. It's wild. She really has. She really has. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, listen, I, just just a quick shout out. This is this is for me one of my favorite episodes ever in the series it's it's definitely in a top 10 for me i love this episode oh my god i have so much to say about it i cried so much in it oh man so thought-provoking so deep well, so nurse crane phyllis is one of my favorite characters love oh, i love nurse crane i love nurse crane and she gets she gets off to a rocky start, I think. Well, I feel like she she's one of them characters that comes in to cause a ruckus. You know, when they're like, oh, and they're going to ruffle feathers. Um, <laughs> but actually, she's just a really amazing character. She's also one of my favourites. Yeah, um, yeah. But like at first, you're not sure. Like, you know, the first episode when you meet her, you're not sure if you're ever going to meet her, uh, going to like her. Yeah. But obviously, we know now that we love her. So it's quite nice watching it back. But I remember watching it for the first time, not knowing if I was going to like her or not. Yeah. <laughs> talking about Sister Wendelina's storyline because obviously she wasn't well in the last episode and in this episode also I didn't mention the synopsis Sister Winifred is just living her best life gadding around town on the bus oh my goodness it's being called annoying by the other nuns and it really annoys me because she's just really lovely and I hate the fact that they're all like she's just got a really lovely sunny disposition they're like just because they're in a mood like oh it annoys me <laughs> well you know yeah I mean unfortunately her her personality in a few moments was not really kind of the ideal, um, you know, but uh, yes, I, I get what you're but saying. She was also not given information. We'll, we'll talk about that yeah, in a minute. Yeah, she, she was kept in the dark. Yeah. So, well, wait, so, like, let's, yeah, Bex, you, you kind of give us some structure here, so. Yeah, so Sister Evangelina, so the, the episode opens with Sister Evangelina coming back from the hospital with uh, Sister Winifred. Yeah. Find out she's got fibroids, so it means she's going to have to have a hysterectomy, which she, she's reluctant to do because it means a long period of convalescence, but she's going to yeah. go to the hospital near Chichester mm -hmm. um, so that she can recuperate at the mother's house. Now, I did write down, when she talks about having a hysterectomy, she describes it as an old pocket in an apron I'll never use. <laughs> I know. I that know. made I me feel that. sick. That made me feel sick. 
Um, I actually, I actually share something with Sister Evangelina here because I too have fibroids, um, but I don't need history. Well, to be honest, I don't bloody know if I need one or not. I'm still waiting about seven months down the line for an appointment. Um, <sighs> yeah. But yeah, so they are painful. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, Sister Evangelina. Yeah, well, she's she's getting seen too in Chichester. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I, I feel for her. I mean, she's she's definitely someone who does not, you know, she's an incredible caregiver, but she does not know how to be a patient, and that is in, that is really clear. And she's not even at the part where she actually is a patient yet. You know, she hasn't even gotten there. So I mean, even the lead up, you can tell she's like really really struggling. And I wonder but- if that's why she clashes with Nurse Crane because Nurse Crane comes in and she's very like she's. I mentioned that she's no nonsense, like she's organizing the midwives. I wonder if Sister Evangelina feels a bit, if she's going to have to go away for a period of time, she feels threatened because Nurse Crane is easy. I mean, they're very similar. Yeah. Well, she'll feel well, pushed out. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. It's the case of like, you know, the reason you clash is because you're two alike. You know, they they both they both occupy in many ways very much the similar space. And I think they both kind of get their... Um, their backup when they confront each other because you know they both supremely think they know what's best and um in in many ways they both do but they just yeah that that clash is is really real but i love the oh. bit where she literally drew a line down the room with yeah barbara. i've got half the room <laughs> lulls and also that barbara would... well barbara and her like spoiler alert they end up becoming really good friends but yeah. when she first meets barbara barbara's like hello and she was like hello hello like you know where we were we said good afternoon or good morning she's like oh sorry good morning or afternoon whatever and she's like I thought she was going to put her teeth in the in the glass next to the bed yeah yeah well nurse crane does not do a good job of kind of ingratiating herself but I I I mean the thing is she she is kind of a bit of a stiff formal person in some ways and she also I mean we learn this when she sits down to lunch with the nuns that like she's been moving around to lots of different jobs just a temporary basis for a long time so she never really feels that she settles in kind of anywhere permanently and so I think she doesn't I think she feels like okay I'm here to do a job I'm not here to make friends you know like I'm just gonna kind of be who I am say what I'm gonna say and then that's it and um so I think that's why she doesn't necessarily feel like she has to make that much effort you know what does she introduce to an artist's house that they haven't had before do you want to answer back so do you want me to a vegetarian? No. <laughs> <laughs> the Rolodex. The Rolodex. You know, I saw that in real life, the panic in her eyes. <laughs> she goes on about being a vegetarian. Maybe that's what she's introduced. Um, but also, I really like the bit, there's a bit where she was like, I go to each practice and I try to move forward with the best bits from each practice to help. And I thought that, I thought... Sister would love that, like that surely, but but she's just so against her because she's obviously doesn't <laughs> want to leave and is a bit nervous and all that. But then, yeah, she stays on permanently and that's exciting. And I cheered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if she's worked with nuns before. Yeah, that must be her first. But that's not what I mean, though. It can't be easy. I just mean because all of the, there's such an age gap between her and the other midwives. Yeah, well, to be fair, if anything, the midwives are nearer, uh, sorry, the nuns are nearer her age. age yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Us, you know, and she's unmarried, and in those days, that probably meant. Well, we we know actually, didn't we? She wasn't. What? Well, well, <laughs> well, they spoke about she had a night with a pilot, didn't they? 
Well, not yeah. not this episode. Not this episode. I know, no, no. I'm I'm like, oh my god, I've missed so much. Sorry. No. Well, 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 the night with the pilot. Yeah, not yeah, but it wasn't that said in this episode. I was about to say she probably got quite a lot in common with the nuns because she's never known the touch of a man. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she has. So you know, scrap that from the record. No, Nurse Crane has some has some has some vibes. Like she, we'll talk no, about no, her. No, but what I was trying to say was she's the same around the same age as them. Like, she's yeah. not a Christian or whatever, but she does have, like, ethics and morals. She's a vegetarian. And then I was also going to say, you know, she's not she's unmarried and stuff, but she also had never, you know, had a dalliance, but she has. So ignore that bit. Okay. Okay. Well, so should we So should we move on from Nurse Crane and... Yeah, go... so let's talk about um, Abigail Bissett, because obviously that's the main delivery we've got in this episode. Yeah. And... Oh, this one. Oh, oh. Well, hang on. Can we talk about the actual good bits of it first? So when um, Terence, her husband's on the bus, he's a bus driver, and she was running, like she's the size of a bus, running after him with his sandwiches. And he was like, I can just go and buy a pie or something. She's like, you will not be doing that. I don't think she wasn't the size. For someone with undiagnosed twins, she had a very petite bum. What? It was the size of a house. Oh, I thought the opposite. Like the the scene where he comes in and she's struggling to get up out of the chair and he's like, going to help her and she's like no the minute i can't get out of a chair on my own is the minute you know something something yeah, or whatever. and then he tries to dance with her and she's like got basically a they're like house feet, up they're dress. like yeah like two feet apart from each yeah, other you know I what thought i mean they were massive. Like, yeah in fact i even said i'm like i hadn't seen this episode in a long time and i was like oh i'm like that is not a single baby in there like something's up and i had kind of vaguely remembered that there was a there was something with this pregnancy so i was kind of waiting for that but um, no, I thought I thought she looked absolutely huge. But on a happier note, I will just say to me, this is one of the couples where they're so genuinely cute, so genuinely in love, so genuinely like happy people. Um, it was just it was like they to me, they were just a ray of sunshine. And and I really, really enjoyed that about them. Like They have some very sad stuff that's going to happen. And then something but, terrible happens to them. <laughs> well, oh, my God. Yeah, really. But it was but like. Yeah, they're before that they were just the sweetest, loveliest, you know. So I should probably give it we should probably give a bit more of the backstory to this. So Abigail is being treated by Barbara. Yeah, well, well she, yeah, yeah, she's just the midwife that she's the heart, said, you know. she, she searched for a heartbeat and couldn't find one, could she? Well, no, we've gone ahead of ourselves. Because Abigail is concerned because she thinks she feels a difference in movement. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh which we later find out is because one of the twins has died. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also Barbara listened and couldn't hear Harvey. Well, she, it was... And then she, that's well, when okay. she, yeah, that's why she sent her to the hospital. So then she's admitted to the hospital, which she doesn't mm-hmm. like to be away from her husband. She, she goes wandering the halls at night and witnesses a woman who's had an abortion. Coming in because, she, because she's had an abortion and there's a police officer with her. And she says, I didn't do anything wrong. And then, you know, yeah, that's a very messy scene. She, she's wandering the halls because she has to go to the bathroom. She doesn't want to use a bedpan. And the Good nurse blame. tells her, yeah, and the nurse tells her, no, like, I'll bring you a bedpan, like, stay in your bed. And so she doesn't obey that. And so she goes out and she's on the hallway. And then there's a woman who's coming in, you know, really gruesome. And she has a cop. There's an officer with her. And, um, you know, she there. And the nurse is really stern with her as well. Like, get back to bed. And she's like, ah. Which, which actually, I mean, it it was harsh, but I kind of got it. Like, if the nurse was, I mean, the nurse was trying to. Well, do Mrs. Bissett that... didn't get it, Jen. Mrs. Bissett didn't. No, she, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, I get it. I mean, she, but the, the sad thing was is that then, like, that prompted her to, like, leave the hospital, basically. And she just walked home. And she ended up back at her house in the middle of the night. And, and how long did it take for Mr. Bissett to wake up? Considering the front door was, like, feet from his head. His, his door was wide open. And the front door was, like, six feet from his head. And she was still banging. And then they showed him, like, stirring. <laughs> oh, for, for me, it was like, oh, that makes, I mean, he was he was fast asleep. It was, like, 3 a.m. I, I I, he's, he's tired. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think it was unreasonable for her to like start banging and him to take like a couple of seconds to get to the door, you know, like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone there faster. Um, but so anyway, so so the the doctor and then the midwives come the following day and they say, Well, you know, you wanted to be delivered at the hospital, like and she's like, Well, I don't feel safe there and they're like, Well, where do you feel safe? And she says, I feel safe here at home. And so they say, Okay, and they tried to talk her into a maternity home delivery, but she wasn't having any of that. So when it's her time, they they decide to help her deliver at home. And it's Patsy and Barbara. And she has a washing machine, which they all are very proud of. And when it's her time to deliver, when she goes into labor, um, Patsy and Barbara go to her side and they deliver her her baby, a little girl. And she's a stillborn baby, which, oh, my God, it just that was so sad. Like that was that was when the tears really, really started flowing for me. What was really bad about that to me was like, obviously, it was absolutely horrific. And poor Barbara, it was just awful. Oh, it was but, sad for everyone. Yeah, but then they got the dad to ring the Nata's house. And yeah. I was a bit like, well, they just told him that his baby died. And then they're like, ring the Nata's house. Tell him there's a stillbirth. That they just, they just kind of take with the, uh, what, what word? Swept away? Whisked Sweet the baby away. Yeah. Like, whisked the baby away. Yes. And... So, like, she doesn't even see her own daughter. I just think... Well, yeah, she doesn't. I mean, the thing is, the baby... The baby is still in the apartment for a while they don't they don't take the baby away right away but um yes the neither of the parents really got to be with her or anything like that also the panic on but so when they have to break it to um mrs Bissett that the baby's been stillborn um and she says but we heard that the heartbeat stay like nurse gilbert heard the heartbeat the panic that must have swept over barbara when she was like oh my god oh yeah Oh yeah, definitely. But she did hear the heartbeat. She just she was right. Heartbeat. Yeah, she was right. So this is this is what kind of is like a is, is a wild twist to the story is that, you know, immediately, um, Terrence and Abigail are so so upset, understandably, because they've lost their little girl. Um, and then the doctor comes, and Patsy and Barbara are still there. They and he makes and the, and Terrence makes the call to Nada's house, and um, Sister Evangelina in her you know, vigor um decide sees that also nurse crane is going as well and then she says well she's not going to know what to do she won't be compassionate or anything like that so i'm going to go too so now you have this whole group of people there by the time the by the time dr turner gets there um they're they think they're waiting for the placenta to come but then they start realizing oh no she's having actual contractions again and dr turner like puts his listening device to her tummy and he does hear that second heartbeat and that's when he's like, oh, my gosh, you know, you're going to have another baby like, you know, you're like your little girl, you know, died in the womb a few days ago. And this other little one is still in there, still OK. So now we have to deliver her, deliver the baby. It's actually turns out to be a boy. And the oh, my God. I mean, you can just tell everyone is on an absolute roller coaster at this point. Well, also she's it, like, you know, no, no. And like if someone told me I was another baby after having the other one I had, I'd be like, 
Nah, mate. <laughs> well, like, oh. well, I mean, undiagnosed twins. I mean, I have to think that was so common back then. I mean, we've already yeah, seen it on yeah. the show where people are like really surprised. I mean, you know, um, yeah, just uh, just multiple. Well, my father-in-law, my father-in-law's twin, and um, his mom had no idea she was having twins. Yeah. So literally, she, he came out first, and then his sister was born, and they had and they no like, idea. What? Exactly the same. What? Yeah. 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 It's wild. Um, can and I just say about the baby, the newborn boy? Terrence yeah. Junior, um, he was the most realistic newborn in size yet that I've seen out of all the kids on this show. Yes, but he was born completely dried off, like he had, <laughs> he had no gook all over him. He was supposed to be covered in gook. I literally, like, his hair was dry. I literally said to my mom when he came out, I was like, "That is the driest baby I have ever seen on this show." Like, normally He's they're dead. all like slimy and covered in goop and everything like that, but this baby was like totally perfect. It was like I feel like series four, they've dropped it a bit here. They've been like, "Oh, do you know what?" Just clean babies can't be bothered with all that makeup department alike we've got too many midwives to be doing now because yeah, last week it was like three month old babies yeah. Their yeah yeah but they're also well, just like sprayed with water they have no gunk on them <laughs> well and in future episodes there's like a whole run of babies in one in some of the future seasons where like literally every time they do like the push where the baby comes out just like a huge gush of like red liquid comes as well and i'm like and it's just it's it's like so consistent it's really disgusting i'm like why do you have to do that? You know, it's like, I, I definitely think there are different directors or different who know what that are like putting their input and asking for different, you know, kind of stylistic choices or whatever. But well, anyway, back to the besets. So yeah, the dad, so, there's a really moving scene. He's like, you know, I thought I was having one baby and I've got one baby. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I want to be glad, but I don't know how. Now, Dr. Turner's yeah. advice here was like, let him hold your finger and let him know you're here. So no advice at all then, Dr. Turner. <laughs> well, well, okay. I, I, yes, I agree. But like, he, I, I think what he's asking for is to like urge the connection with the baby that's there. I mean, what, what advice do you think? Defend you Dr. Turner. What, what, okay, then what advice do you think you should have given him? Just counsel him. <laughs> oh yeah, here, I'll give you a number to ring. Make sure you get on that. Okay, son? That's what, yeah, that's really helpful. <laughs> yeah, great, great criticism. Okay. Well, um, I feel bad for um, Abigail Bissett because she she feels really guilty and says she's she like how can she be a mother if she didn't even know she was expecting twins and um, but she did know something wasn't right because yeah she knew that the movement had stopped yeah so I'm like don't beat yourself up yeah definitely I've, been, I've sounded very glib there no but it's, it's true <laughs> though she shouldn't um. Well, I, I yes, I, I mean, I think I think the thing is, and this is where this is where like Tom gets involved, and when you know the nurses come back to kind of visit them and say, you know, we're here to visit you twice a week and everything, you know, we kind of want to find out how you're doing, and um and Terrence, the the husband says, you know, like we're all just crying so much, and like him most of all, and he gives it, he he points to the baby, and I think just everyone has this really just unbelievable sadness that they really don't know how to how to cope with or process and to you guys' point like since they didn't really get a chance to kind of um connect with with their daughter um then tom gets involved and he goes to sister julian and says you know how are we gonna kind of do something for this family so that they can have some kind of experience where they can you know deal with process you know kind of find a way to it's not closure in the way that it's over, but it, closure in the way that there's... Well, they can't have a funeral, can they? Properly, no, because the baby no, hasn't a, had a breath. 
not a not a well the baby hasn't couldn't be baptized because it didn't have yeah. a breath yeah. the funeral is is a separate thing <clears throat> that's that, but they but they need something to kind of mark this event so that they can you know have have an opportunity to kind of deal with it and that's when he they kind of come up with this idea of a service basically and this was really sweet because sister winifred and sister monica joan go to mrs um, beset and they help her finish the set of booties that she was going to make for the baby um, because she always wants her kids feet to be warm because England is such a cold country he's not had warm feet but since she, she got there yeah yeah because oh we didn't mention this but they're an African they're they're um, a black family from Jamaica originally um, which is the other kind of layer to their story um, but then so they finished the pair of booties and then they with them to Terrence Jr all of the midwives and Tom, they go to Nanata's house into the chapel and they have a little ceremony basically where, you know, it's, it's really beautiful. You know, Tom talks and he kind of, you know, says how they're going to, you know, both honor the baby that they lost who they named April because that's the month that she was born. And then they're also going to say goodbye to her. And it was what- beautiful. Right. Yeah. And I'm not, again, this is a criticism. Did you see in Compline there was extra nuns? Yes. <laughs> Oh my them. god, you're... where were they for that funeral? <laughs> like, you're all right going to Compline, but you won't support a young family at <laughs> a funeral for a dead baby. You were obsessed with these <laughs> nuns. You were well, like, they're always so short staffed. They're always so short staffed, and they're just coming out at Compline. Also, can I just say, we haven't actually spoken about the fact that in the birth, um, it was Evangelina versus Nurse Crane as well. Yeah, that's kind of where they yeah. resolved that issue because. So uh, they were both thinking each other was a bit too much. And then yeah. Nurse Crane got there and then Sister Evangelina found out that Nurse Crane was there. She's like, oh, I've got to go and save it. They saved that poor family from them because she'll just be there bursting in. And anyway, when she got there, uh, Nurse Crane was giving a well-sugared tea to the dad and was really calm and cool. And yeah. Sister Evangelina and Nurse Crane absolutely saw each other saw each other in each other you see what i mean yeah um, yeah that's where they they resolved everything and it was a, it was actually a really moving scene in itself yeah yeah so, but also when you said about um tom going to sister julienne and saying like what can we do for this family he just turned up at nanata's house rifled through the post yeah <laughs> If that was me, you pick up the post and you just put it on the side. You don't see who's got one. Oh, there's one for you here. <laughs> you girls. Oh, my goodness. So nitpicky today. Gee whiz. <laughs> just, well, as soon as he did it, I thought, oh, what a cheek. No, I did. Uh, we, have, yeah. we have more standards here in England, obviously. <laughs> but should yeah, we talk- that's definitely the reason, not anything else. Okay, yes. Uh-huh. So should we talk about um, Sister Julienne's storyline next? Oh, yes. We I, say, I was loving a garden. How good was a garden in central London? Yeah. I didn't even oh, know they had all great. that. She did yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we seen should... that, we've seen that garden before. They yeah, played, they played the back garden a good bit, actually. Yeah, but it's never from that angle. I just loved all the potted plants and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so someone's stolen all the lead off the roof of the house. There's a, of Nanata's house. There's a leak. I will yep. say, when I um, bought my house, someone had also stolen the lead off my house. Really? Yeah, so it's still going on today. So yeah, people go scrap up... merchants, scrap yeah, scrap merchants, they take. Okay, how do you even do that without people catching you? Well you it's... do it in the dead of night. No, she doesn't mean the stealing, she means <laughs> getting money for it. Oh, at the scrapyard. Yeah. No, 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 I get that. How would how do you climb up to people's roofs? Oh no, she like, did take... mean that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did mean that. How do you, like that seems like the like the Is this empty just... this house? No. Oh well, yeah, just in dead of night, cheeky buggers. Oh my god, that seems like a really hard crime. Also, they're always stealing lead off churches, and I just think that's you're gambling there, aren't you? Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Well, any crime committed in a church, you just think like, wow, you just really must want to like go yeah. straight to hell. But um, but basically, yeah. So not to be fair though, kind of... actually, if you're going to steal from anyone, who will forgive you the most? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just like no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just not have anyone commit any crimes, okay? Let's just like take that as our. Not advocating like... crime. I'm just saying. <laughs> So we think it's a mystery benefactor who's come forward, um, but it's not because it's not. It's an old flame of Sister Julienne's. This really annoyed me though, because Winifred's there like talking on the bus, la 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 la. And obviously Sister Julienne's like nervous about seeing this guy she stood up in 1932, right? Yeah. But instead of saying to Sister Winifred, by the way, it's a bit of a delicate one. I knew him in the past. Do you know what I mean? She just lets Sister Winifred like carry on and talk and like doesn't tell her a thing. So she just is really ignorant and it's just really annoying. It really annoyed okay. me. Just tell her. Just give her a heads up. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a bit of a of a rebuttal, okay? Because y- you've brought this point up, and I get it. I do get it. Um, but Sister Evangelina says to Winifred on the bus, she's like, "Yeah, I did get my diagnosis, but I really don't want the whole bus to know. Can you just like wait until we get off, and then I'll like talk to you about it?" And I feel like when when they get to Mr. Newgarden's house or whatever, you know, Sister Winifred is like, oh, la, 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 la. You know, she's just sitting there. And like, uh, okay, now, uh, Jenny... Hang on, they could have, she could have told him in the Nata's house, not the boss. No, I know, but this is what I'm saying. Like, Sister Winifred might need to kind of, like, read the room a little bit better because even when they get to the parlor, there's clearly some tension between Sister Julianne and Mr. Newgarden. Yeah. And Sister Winifred is completely oblivious. And I even wrote my notes. I was like, read the room. Like, to me, when... He yeah, says but her, like, Sister oh, Julianne you... should have told her before they even went. And also, as somebody who never reads mm. the room properly, I have sympathy with Sister Winifred here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I get. I mean, I, I see it both ways. I guess, I, I guess what I just found frustrating in terms of Winifred in this one was, like, Mr. Newgarden says, like, oh, you know, we'd really like some biscuits. And she's like, oh, yeah, I would. And then he's like, yeah, can you go get them? And she's like, oh, well, uh, uh, uh. And then he's like, yeah, just go down there, please. Like, ask her to make me, like, cinnamon toast. Like, I want you out of here for at least, like, five or ten minutes. And then she's just like, okay, great, bye. And then she, like, skips off. And then they have this really intense thing, which we'll discuss. But then she, like, literally bursts back in. And she's like, oh, you made this so nice. Like, she said she's going to make scrubs. And just, like, flops right back down. And it's like. Yeah, but again, if she'd have been, had a bit of forewarning... Yeah, she could have given them time. I'd have been gutted if I was Sister Winifred and someone was about to make me drop scones and then we abruptly had to leave. I, I, I'm, I'm going to solemnly vow that if anyone drop, uh, offers you drop scones, I'm never going to make you leave somewhere. <laughs> There's, there, I, I get your point and I do I do get it, but, it, but just to play the devil's advocate, like part of her job is reading people and reading situations and like understanding like subtle cues and context and things like that. So she shouldn't have to have every single thing spelled out for her all the time. It's all I'll say about it. Disagree. But... Speaking of context, <laughs> um, just to say Charles Newgarden um, uh-huh. was an old flame of Louise's, uh-huh. um, who's Sister Julienne. Um, and uh, they basically, he asked her out on a date and he had all sorts of intentions. Oh, more than a date. They were they were like yeah. dating. They were in love yeah. way back. But, yeah, they were like together. To, yeah, but I think this was maybe like a make or break thing. And he invited her on a date to the cinema and she didn't turn up. And obviously then he, she'd sent him a letter being like, you know, I'm gone off to be a nun. Ciao. 
Um, and he went on to have a lovely, uh, a lovely life and a wife. Mm-hmm. With, he's got three children, and it was just, you know, he went on to have a nice life. But mm-hmm. obviously, there was just a feeling of, you know, he's dying as well. But also, he asked Sister <laughs> Julia. Oh, he's dying as well. <laughs> That's why he went without the carry on, and then Becky got in. <laughs> Worst way to have given that. Like Oh my god, Al, you literally couldn't. What do you mean? I don't know why you're so passionate about Sister Winifred that because you were her this week, apparently. You were just like, oh yeah, he's dying. Anyways, (laughs) uh, because I was about to say something else. Carry on. What were you going to say? Well, it doesn't matter, does it? Because you rudely interrupted. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. Oh, yeah, so he asked Sister Julianne if, if she kept a memento. And she was like, well, that wouldn't be appropriate in my line of work. Mm-hmm. But she did. She had a photo tucked into her Bible. So not only yeah. did she not inform Winifred, she's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, he says to her, so here, okay, so l- listen, girls, I I completely Thanks. let my imagination run wild when I watch this. And, like, they say, oh, we were family friends. We knew each other, like, our whole childhoods and everything. They And then I thought, in my mind, the way that they said it and the way that they acted it, which, by the way, absolutely, unbelievably, oh, my goodness, gorgeous acting by Sister Julianne and the guy who played Mr. Newgarden. Like, I just, I, they were just so good together. They had such great chemistry together, I thought. They really Anyways, did. But you could tell that, like, they'd spent, like, uh, like however long, like, actually, like, they were old enough, they started dating, they fell in love. And then, he, you know, he, he says, he's like, I could tell that you were kind of going this way, like, towards religious life. And I didn't, you know, I could see it happening, but I didn't, you know, want you to go that way. I, I loved you and everything. And I think that they made a date, and Louise, Sister Julianne, was like, you know, we're getting to a point where probably something serious is going to happen with us. And I don't want to have to say no, which is why she stood him up, like, for that date to go see the Charlie Chaps- Chaplin movie. And it's then she sent him... though, isn't it? To stand him up. Yeah, but she well, did send is... him a letter. She did send him a letter. And she said, and he was like... Well, they couldn't actually... have a text now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. And then he, and then he like, kept that letter, like, his whole life. He even says to her, he's like, I kept it and I read it many times and... You know, like I appreciated that you kind of explained everything to me and stuff, and I knew it was going well, that way. But then you dumped. told me, well, yeah. I mean, it was you know, it's all they had really. And well, I'll tell I you mean, what, I really like. So they left there, and Sister Winifred's like, "Why are we leaving?" And she's like, "I'm still, still not, not going to tell you anything." Well, they're they're both like literally have tears in their eyes, crying, and she's like, "Oh, it's something wrong." Like, what yeah, happened? Well, she, I know they knew it. each other before. Like, she could have oh, said anyway. Whatever, whatever. So anyway, I really like the way that Sister Julianne went to Sheila. I like that she turned yeah. to Sheila. Yeah. has left the religious... Like, she's experienced romantic love now. Yeah. Like, I feel like she went to someone who understood both sides of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really appreciated uh-huh. that. And then they yeah. went back, didn't they? Well, it was, a beautiful, it was a beautiful conversation about faith and also, like, the life that you don't know that you'll never know because you didn't choose it. You know, the, un- the unlived life. And, um, you know, how that how that can really kind of do a number on you and that that to me was just a, a very beautiful scene between those two women I, I really love that but clearly sister julian feels like there's unfinished business so she goes back and sees him again and they have a really wonderful conversation and then i i thought that maybe kind of was the end of it but um then anthony his son calls her and says oh you know dad would really like to have a matinee like movie date with you and she walks in and it's it's City Lights, the movie they were going to see when she stood him up, on a projector, two chairs, you know, set up in front. 
he's put a cushion in her chair so she can have the best seat in the house. They have chalk ices, which as we know now from previous episodes, are beautiful ice cream with chocolate wrapped around, which is like so delicious. And they watch this movie. And when I tell you, I mean, that was one of the most romantic scenes. I have, I, I, the romance was just so real. And when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, but not oh even just that. God, not even I just that. It. Like Sister Julianne has got a vow of poverty. She does not have that in her life. She's got. She's so overworked. This was absolute luxury for her as yeah. well. Like she never goes to the cinema. She never takes time for herself to do anything like this. Yeah. So even on the flip side of that, like it's an actual part of normality that she never ever has because she chose that religious life. And then also, I just really love that even though he was successful at all this and had a life away from her, I really love that his money was used to help like Louise to him. Louise's actual life carrying forward. I really like that actually in the end yeah. he did have an influence on her life and it was a positive one insofar yeah. as he was helping her religious life. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, the 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 layers of complexity that that storyline achieved and with the talent of those two actors to me was I mean, it's, it's, it's as deep as you can go. I mean, I just, uh, they, they were just so beautiful together. And I mean, and, and the thing is to have written it so compassionately, I mean, like not a lot of people would have that much love and affection for somebody that they really loved after they'd been dumped and not seen them for that long, you know? And like the fact that they both say, you know, like we could have, we could have had a beautiful life together, but we both had beautiful lives apart, but we still have love and affection for each other. And for him still to have a positive influence on hers afterwards, like, I just think it was really nice. But also, I think it just showed how well-matched they were, that he, in being a benefactor, like, he's he's still thinking of it. And also, that's not the only... The Narcissus House isn't the only kind of charitable organisation that he's helping. Seems a really kind, good man. Yeah, Yeah, he says, I could have just written a check like I did for, you know, so-and-so. Like, other people he's, you know, kind of donated to. But he's like... I wanted to see you, you know, I wanted to kind of, you know, have a chance to, you know, connect, connect with you and everything. And and then oh. going back to the letter, what did the letter tell Sister Julianne that Tom so rudely? Well, he asks how she wants to learn the news and she says the old fashioned way. She just wants to receive a letter. And the letter which Tom rifled through the post, <laughs> find, <laughs> with the neatest handwriting, yeah, yeah, it was good. It was lovely handwriting. Um, was to inform that um, Charles had passed away. Yeah. 
So it was very sad. Oh man, I was just I was for like literally the the second half of the show, I was just I was just an absolute mess. I was just an absolute mess. I mean, I could cry right now thinking about it. My god, it was oh man, so so heartbreaking. So, should we talk about Trixie and Tom next? <laughs> yeah, that's yes. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So Trixie at clinic is showing off her engagement ring. Yep. And spoiler alert, in very future episodes, Trixie's going to get a lot of grief over the fact that they say she turned her nose up because it was a secondhand ring. Oh. Uh, Yeah. Huh. Because this week she makes a whole point about how she is. She does think it's really nice. And that's why I think that I think this is unfair on Trixie because she is admiring the ring, but it's somebody else who comments that it's secondhand. Yeah. One of yeah. the, the mums who's like, oh, secondhand. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's it's not secondhand when it's like a family heirloom that like your beautiful fiance has given you because of, you know what I mean? Like, come on now. Yeah. So I, th- I think this is, I mean, we're talking way ahead and I'll touch on this point again. Yeah, in about eight series time. <laughs> yeah, just like quick aside though, I feel like the moms were like all really like bitchy this week. You know what I mean? Like when when um Sister Winifred was doing that class where she was talking about um you know washing diapers and stuff like that, all the moms were like, "Oh, look at you! You have a washer dryer! Oh, look at you!" Like da da da. Like they were all just so like rude. And, to be like, fair, I think they were like that a lot. Like, that's basically Londoners. Every single Londoner listening. <laughs> <laughs> no i just felt like i you know i just was like oh my god you're ladies gee whiz I, oh, anyways yeah so yeah i just felt like they were just really digging the like taking the knives out this week with that with that but but yeah. but yeah tom and trixie i mean um trixie's planning an engagement party at claridge's mm. it just reinforces how unsuited trixie and tom well, hang on not everyone else is going to be aware of what claridge's is oh yeah, it's not everyone. Yeah, hey, oh, hello. Everyone knows about carriages. Everyone knows what carriages are. Oh my goodness! I just have to say, I've never, I've never, I've never been to carriages, but I know it's. I have been to carriages. Ooh, yeah, I you. went for afternoon tea at carriages. We've actually we've been to the Ritz for afternoon tea, haven't we? We have. Yeah, been there a few times. So my so my so granddad now. used to work at the carriages. He used to be do silver service um wait waitering waitering waiting waiting, waiting on um yeah yeah so I think I think the Ritz is a good comparison so for Americans like Ritz or like Bergdorf Goodman or you know like a really super ultra deluxe um not even Macy's Macy's is like way too like normal but it's also um, historically like really big over here like the Savoy and. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like the Ritz yeah. in New York City would be, or like the Waldorf Astoria would be like an equivalent. You know, like super fancy, super nice. Well, the Waldorf is a hotel, not a department store, but and and the Ritz is more of a hotel. But you you get what I'm saying. Like it's a like deluxe shopping store, department store. So yeah, yeah. but so for her to be inquiring about an engagement party at Claridge's is just, and it's also so far removed from their world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially well, like, Tom's. How- yeah, and like, how are you going to pay for it? I mean, Trixie, we find out, has a rich aunt. I don't know that it's been revealed explicitly yet, but I mean, it's like, who's going to pay for that? You know, like, I don't know where they think they're going to get the money anyway. 
Um, but the thing is, then they even start fighting over like having a photographer and like letting like registering for like China and stuff like that. So it's like, even if they do a more quote, like normal wedding, like, they're still just like 100% not on the same page. Well, he's like, just absolutely. like, I'm not, I don't want to, this is like a professional fiance. I, I don't want to marry this professional fiance that I've got going on here. She's <laughs> like, Tom, there's certain things that have to be done. She's like the original bridezilla, isn't she? Yeah. She is, but I will give her this. She makes a good point. She's like, look, you and I care about other people all day long. Like, I think it's appropriate for us to spend some time caring about ourselves. And that, to me, is a good point. I mean, I you know. No, well, that is true. But at the same yeah. time, it doesn't have to be like claridges and ridiculous China that people can't afford to give them. In yeah. Her defense, in her defense, though, um, like, this is the one time... Well, it's, we think well, it's, it's not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the point is, like, it's like when you get married, it is one of the few times in your life where you really do get to kind of splash out, like, treat yourself, like, go a little bit, like, more in terms of that luxury experience because it is an extremely special occasion. And I mean, hopefully, most likely, you would do it once, and so it, you know, it's meant to be really special, kind of a once in a lifetime type experience for most people. So yeah, but she's also marrying a really poor curate who doesn't care about any of that worldly stuff. Like, it's the fact that she's asking for these plates that she knows he, he doesn't care about. I totally agree with you. The problem is this is this is the this is a classic reason why they are just very unsuited. They are they are from two different worlds. They don't go together. They are not gonna go together. And like it's not unfair of her to ask for those things. It's not unfair of him to not care or want those things. They are not suited as a couple. And so like they're gonna have a painful, like hard stop when they realize that. But like yeah. Oh my God. Like this is just, this is just a car crash waiting to happen. Uh, Merit Mark to who says who walks in when um, Trixie and Tom are having their big argument. Yeah. It's Nurse Busby and Patsy. Oh, I love them. They are amazing. And actually, so just a quick aside. So Patsy becomes the new Akela for the Cubs, and she's doing some. Um, you know, like courses with the Cubs, and she invites her quote good friend, friend, um, yeah, to come. Doing because, air, air quotes yeah, here, yeah, exactly. Because she, her friend, Nurse Bugsby is a uh, or Busby is a paramedic, basically, and they're gonna do like a a thing on like the burn burning yourself and the boys are like well wait I thought we're supposed to learn how to build a campfire and Patsy's like I think you'll find that the two things go together quite well and so they do that but then we kind of see that Patsy and um I can't remember her first name Delia Delia are are like really close and they have fish and chips after that you know Cubs meeting and then that's when they walk in on Trixie and Tom and then we didn't say it at the time but um when um the when the um, Bissette's baby is is uh, stillborn and Patsy's really upset about it, she goes to, to she goes to Delia and has you know a really emotional moment. And they comfort each other and then they sleep in the same bed, like companionably, not that way, but you know, like they she. Well, we don't know it's there. that way. Well, they both have their clothes happened. on. They they wake up in the morning with their full clothes on. Like I I don't think anything happened, but the thing they say is like, oh, like it's early enough for me to leave and no one will see. So clearly, there's some implication that if someone did see, it would be an issue. So there's, you know, you know, kind of get the feeling of like what the vibe is there, but yeah. So that's a couple that is actually very well suited for each other. Um, I've just got on my notes, Cubs lol. <laughs> <laughs> the Cubs are very cute. They are very cute. Um, I really loved, um, back to Trixie a second. Yeah. Well, 
also back to Trixie in a second anyway, but I really loved how um, her and Patsy were having scotch and they got Tizer for, uh, for Barbara. <laughs> I know, I know, because I know that Barbara is such a square. Yeah, yeah. But then in the end, so um, they have a simple engagement party in the end, don't they? Yeah. Not yes. at Claridge's. Right. An artist's house. Yeah, the cake looks so good, though. You said that. Obviously. You did say that. Mm-hmm. I, I love those like classic old-fashioned frosted cakes. They're so delicious. And I was a bit like, oh, I didn't think about that. And Bex was like, Ooh, salivated. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I wanted a piece of cake, a piece of that cake so bad. Yes, I would be here for that. That was such a cute little party they had. So, Jen, you've got a game for us, haven't you? I do. I do. So do we think we've covered it all? Is that is that it? Yeah, we covered it all. Okay, I think all right, we've absolutely so... done a great job of covering it all. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, so I made a game. I hope I hope you enjoy this game. Um, okay. I think one thing I realized with my game that I made ages ago now, the Love Island game, is that I love um like games in the style of like um like really uh bright color tabloid magazines. <laughs> <laughs> that's really my speed um okay so here's here's my game so I started to think about how Trixie and Tom are together on the show and then Helen George and whatever that man's name is are <laughs> together and married in real life and I was like oh I want to make a game out of that and so I blah 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 don't need to go in my whole long process but point of it is is that I thought well let me do a game about people who met um on uh, in movies like actors who met in movies and then they got together in real life and wouldn't that be fun so here's so here's the I don't have a fun name for it I didn't think of one in time but um so here I'm going to give you guys a clue about who okay. I'm talking about and then you tell me who the celebrities are I think we're gonna ace this I think you will I think you will Jack I tried... Ashton. his name's Jack Ashton by the way <laughs> Jack Ashton right 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 I will say I tried to pick um people and I know our our listeners love to play along as well so I tried to pick kind of international pe- superstars and some maybe more Americans would know than Brits and then we'll just we'll just hope anyways but like inclusive for everyone game okay, okay. here we go we're ready we're ready also also with our age range I thought you know these are all appropriate for our times of life okay um first one <laughs> <laughs> they met on the set of Gigli but didn't go public with their relationship until months after filming ended and she finalized her divorce Gigli what Gigli okay Here's a hint. These two rekindled their relationship years later after both Gigi. had Gigi. Was it not Gigi? No, it wasn't Gigi. After both had families with other people and actually followed through and got J-Lo married. and ben-, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yes. It was pronounced... Benefer. Benefer, yes, exactly. Benefer 2.0 when they finally got together, actually, yes. And a lot of people, when they got back together, were like, this is a recipe for disaster. And I've, oh, yeah, I've I- always called it Gigli. Oh... Wow. It's it was it was pronounced Gigli over here, um, but yes, I'm sure I it was here, Jen. I'm wrong. Is my point. <laughs> I thought I thought it was a recipe for disaster. I'm still not entirely convinced. I know they've oh, gotten they're, married. Oh, they're 100 headed for divorce. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I and if I Jen, wish... Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, if you're listening, because I'm sure you will be, uh, everyone will be, <laughs> um, and people will play it to them because obviously, if they don't, if they're not listening, um, you're just not serious. Carry on. Next one. 
we, and we that's to both them... of them carry on next one as well yeah exactly we, we wish them luck but okay um all right these okay. two are hollywood royalty and met in the early 80s but are famous for an amnesiac rom-com they made where they fall head over heels for each other she has also a not almost famous daughter from a previous relationship this is goldie yes. horn yes it's very good in my, very in my head good. i was like tom cruise and nicole kidman and every clue was not them <laughs> i love the film overboard oh my god overboard. it's it, it is, is one of my top favorite movies it is so also perfect. they're in christmas chronicles as uh father christmas yeah, and they christmas. are yeah. i know i haven't seen that but yes i saw oh my god it's really good you need to watch it yeah i yeah okay i will i will march. Get there. Carry on. <laughs> okay um a little younger okay these two stepped up and stepped out together after making this classic early aughts romance you could say he brought a lot of magic to the relationship is it channing tatum and jenna Durham tatum Yes, very good. They're very divorced. good. Yeah, they're now yeah. divorced. Yeah, That's you know, right. a lot of these, a lot of these couples are not still together. But you know who he happen. goes out with now? Oh, who? um, Jesse J. Oh, no, no, they no. broke up. She's having a baby with someone else. Yeah, oh, no, they still have age now. Then Zoe oh. Kravitz. Yes, I heard that. I heard yeah. that. Okay, sorry, I, I was, I was a relationship behind on him. Okay, I love Channing Tatum. By the way, he's also the star of one of my, and you guys both know this. He's one the man. of my absolute <laughs> all-time favorite movies she's the man amanda Bynes. it's a take on 12th night i freaking love it i've watched it eight thousand times it. i will watch it eight thousand i only know more. it jen because of you and i only oh. watch it because of you and i love the way his name's duke and in england that'd be duke and i just, just i don't know why i just love his, it yes his name in the movie is duke orsino which is a very common southern california name for a teenager yes but I mean, it is it is seamless. It is perfect. It is absolutely a stunning masterpiece. I will not hear otherwise. If you have not like, seen it's it, not, to our dear but listeners, I enjoy it. Have oh. watched it? Oh, we should watch it. We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch it okay. after this, Jen. Let's yeah. watch it after this. Yeah, we will. Oh, I was gonna say, save it, and then okay. I'll come over and we'll watch it together. We'll just watch it again when I'm when I'm with you guys. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. Next clue. These two got together on the set of Alfie and got engaged, but broke up when he cheated on her with his kid's nanny. And um, it's Jude Law and Sienna Miller. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that was a, such a sad story. Um, okay. I think he's a sad story. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just a serial cheat. <laughs> if you're listening, Jude Law, we, we're on to you. <laughs> just lost a listener. Uh, oh, you know yeah, what? Know. Fine. Yeah, we, we really alienated the Jew, the Jew Law heads in this, in this group. Okay. No, his fans are allowed. Yeah, exactly. Okay, these two got together before they started filming their iconic teen drama together and were happily married and had two kids before they felt any, quote, cruel intentions and divorced. Reese Witherspoon. And uh, Ryan Philippe. Yeah. Yeah. Whose kids yeah. are like a carbon copy of them. I know, it's mad. I know, it's it's really wild. And also, they're like, they were like 12 when they had them because they're so young looking still, the parents. I know they're not. But they're yeah. so look- young looking still, and the kids are like. 20. I think I think she was I think she was younger than twenty five when they when she had both of them. So I mean, I like yeah, but yeah, she like wasn't she, actually twelve. Like no, no, no. But yeah. I mean, like if you have kids that young, like you are still gonna look. Or, I mean, you know, you're gonna look really young when your kids are grown up. Well, also, okay. she's got a lot of money to look good. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Also, by the way, don't you think I could like write for like Closer or like Hello or like Okay I think Magazine? You should I, look in, yeah, well, they'll be listening. So I, yeah, exactly. Honestly, this is this is this is my new second career. Okay, 
Um, these two began an on-again, off-again relationship after making this movie, but did they ever meet each other's Mamma Mia? We'll never know. Uh, Amanda Seyfried and Dominic, not Dominic West. Dominic... I was going to say Dominic Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, Dominic is right. Do you know his last name? <sighs> it's not West. Hang on, I'll get it. Dominic, what's it begin with? C. Dominic, Cummings. it's not Cummings. That's a really horrific <laughs> scandal. Don't, don't, where, don't where, Google where, it, you'll go down a wormhole. Where do chickens live? Cooper. Yeah, there you go, there you go. All right, this one. This one is actually too easy. I I really made this one too easy. Um, let me see if I let, let me give you the hard part first and see if you guys can figure it out. And then I'll give you the easy one. They actually met on Days of Thunder and made Far and Away together. One of my oh, all-time favorites. Men and Tom Cruise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I wrote he's a Top Gun and she, I was like that's just that's stupid. to be honest, Jen. Knows. That was the first thing I was thinking of. I've been thinking that for every single answer until <laughs> I was proven wrong. Well, there. I mean, they are in the pantheon of like of like yeah. actors that did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, these two starred in one of the biggest YA book to movie series of the aughts, but their love wasn't immortal after all. She cheated on him, and they broke up in 2013 for good. Rob Pattinson and Kristen, Kristen Bell. Dunst. No, no, not Dunst. It's not Bell. Oh, sorry, it's not Bell. Oh. Kristen. Oh, I can't concentrate. I've sat with Mrs. Jenkins. They bloody love. <laughs> Kristen Stewart. It's, Kristen, it's Kristen Stewart. 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 Yes, yeah. Kristen Stewart. Okay. Honestly, then they're so distracting. <laughs> now I remember when this story broke that she'd been. Um, it was broken by the tabloids that she'd yeah. seen, and I was like, "That's that story's clearly not going to be true. You're not going to cheat on." But then Rob the photo Trump. came out, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard the director, and now she's a lesbian. So you know." <laughs> Well, but the thing is, they literally were like making out in a car on a side of a road or something, and someone like saw them, and and I was just like, wow, like oh, okay, I guess we're making these choices here. Well, um, now but- Robert Pattinson is going out with Suki Whitehouse, Waterhouse. Waterhouse, yes, whose dad's famous, but her famous ex is who's Bradley that? Cooper. But who's their dad? Mr. Question. Waterhouse. I'll remember. I'll, I'll look it up in a second. While Jen's doing her stuff, I'll tell you. Okay. Okay. These two famously met on the set for Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and oh, their romance oh. broke. Hate him. It's I. I just want need to say I'm Team Aniston here. It's, <laughs> it's Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Yes, yes, yes. I did make a pun for the that related back to Call the Midwife because I wrote, and their romance broke one heart instead of two. One of America's most famous friends. Um, um, he's, a, he's a plastic surgeon he's a famous plastic surgeon but I've got two people mixed up carry on <laughs> okay it does, yeah it doesn't matter um, I was remember... Dennis Wartman but yeah. <laughs> he's also dead now because um, remember Gerald says like oh we, we broke we broke two hearts instead of one you know like meaning his, oh, his wife but he yeah. stayed with him for that okay alright last one here we go you guys are batting a thousand like you're getting a 10 out of 10 I love it you're doing so well it's clear that we okay. read our gossip yeah we just yeah <laughs> We've got a mind full of fantastic knowledge that really is, you know, useful for life. Well, can I just say, I did some Googling to find this out. And, like, there were so many couples that were, like, literally all, like, both people in the couple were under 30, like, well under 30 years old. And they were in shows I've never watched, never heard of. And I was just, like, I I, I, I was, like, no, we're going to need, like, the older millennial list. So can I, like, keep, yeah. like, I had to keep Right, all right. Them. Oh man, I felt so geriatric. I was just like, "Gee whiz!" I'm like, "You two, you two were like 19." God, break you. Okay, um, okay. One of the most famous romantic movies, certainly of the last 20 years, 
These two met on set, but spent a lot of time taking notes before get it, getting together almost a year after the movie's release. It's a notebook. Yeah. I'm going to confess I've never seen it. <gasps> you'd hate You've it. You've never seen a notebook? You wouldn't, I don't think she'd like it. I don't, I don't think, think you'd like it, it either, but oh my God, I, I don't think I, oh, that was. I like Weekend at Bernie's and she's the man. I just don't think notebook. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the notebook. On a flight from New York to Florida. Well, who's in it? And I sobbed, but I did really ugly crying on the plane. <laughs> um, it's um, Is it Ryan Reynolds or no, Gosling. Got Ryan Gosling, and I've no idea. I've never watched it. She's in um the Time Traveler's Wife, another I've film you've not watched. <laughs> She's in, she's been in a lot of stuff. Um, it's Rachel McAdams. Yeah, yes. I don't. We don't, I don't I... have to. Yeah, you would know her. I don't know her whole resume. I can't remember. She's very famous, but um, yeah. Oh, and actually, this was interesting. So there were like little, like little um things about each couple when I was like clicking through again doing this googling, and apparently he they didn't like each other, or or he specifically didn't really like her while they were making the movie, and then time passed. They like I guess had to see each other again for like press tour and all that kind of stuff like that, and then they got together like after that, and so. I don't know what changed. I mean, they I certainly trust seem... that in a partner. I would not trust someone who did not see my brilliance straight away. Oh man! I mean, they. Well, I'll tell you what. I, maybe I don't know what was going on, but they certainly seemed like they liked each other a very long. Yeah, they when definitely they were in that movie together. It well, they're not together now, are they? Because no, no. 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 Oh no, got married. Yeah, Eva he's with. Yeah, he, 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 yeah, Eva Mendes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another incredibly gorgeous, beautiful, talented woman. So reminds me of anyway, me, but... everyone. <laughs> Yeah, if you ever wonder what Alex looks like in real life, just picture Eva Mendes and then add a British accent and you'll be dead on. That's actually a really good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it a lot. People thought I was here today at Sister Act when I was hacking me guts up at the back. Oh, wait, wait, you guys. This won't be as funny to our listeners because they don't know what I actually look like. But um, my mom and I were sitting we were sitting around one time and we were talking about something because we were watching something where it was about a real person, but they were played by an actor, obviously, like a very famous, good-looking actor. And the topic came up of like who would play us in movies, you know, if they were gonna tell the story of our lives. And I was like, oh, I'm like, well, who do you think would play me in a movie? And my mom goes, she goes, oh, you know what? I think would be really good for you, Zoe Saldana. <laughs> <laughs> now, listeners, just picture someone who does not look anything like Zoe Saldana at all. <laughs> now, actually, on this, let's make put this back to call the midwife, right? Right. If you could play any character in Call the Midwife, yes. who would you play? Haven't we done this before? No. Who would you be? Who would you be as like a real person? But if you're playing one of them, who would you act as? Who would you want to do the acting of? I'd want to do something with one of the really rough mums having a fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's something I don't ever do in my normal life. Like, not often anyway. So, uh, you know, I, I just think that kind of acting would be really like, I mean, I'm not an actor, obviously. I huh. wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be dealing with anything medical. I wouldn't like to kiss on camera either. Ooh. So I'd definitely like to be a nun that stays chased. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I'd be? I'd be one of the extra nuns in Compton that's brought in <laughs> Actually, oh my God, do you reckon they'd let us do that? Oh, oh yes. God. Oh my God, can you guys, we have to manifest that, that we get to be some of the extra nuns. Now, actually, talking about manifestation, uh, again, seamless link. This is what you gain for free. Um, <laughs> I want to well, talk about the fact. Really well, they are. They're still, got a list. they're still listening to adverts for free. 
So we've added adverts to our podcast now, and you've probably noticed, and I'm really sorry for that, but at the same time, I'm not. Because our plan is to bring Jen over here. We want to do the Call the Midwife um, tour together and do a podcast on that. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, it's going to take a long time. Yeah, we're oh. going to do it in 2028. 20, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I may, we may need to help boost ourselves with that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, well, we may, we're going to, we're in talks about Patreon, so we'll look into that. But yeah. the point is, we want to bring Jen over to the UK so we can actually all record together. Yes. I say, I think it's gone really well recording together. I'm a bit freaked out <laughs> by the gloves. But <laughs> think she's recording with Mrs. Jenkins. <laughs> Because you keep doing that song about the birds to me. Um, <laughs> we, we need to do a hero zero, by the way, ladies. Oh, we have to do heroes and zeros. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, so okay. who wants to go first? I've forgotten the whole episode now. Mine's going to be ridiculous. Mine's zero is going to be Tom for rifling through the post. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good one. It's more valid oh. than mine. Maybe it's going to be, it could be Trixie for her bridezilla attitude. Well, you, okay. you, you, can, you can have whichever you want. You, you can choose, or both if you if you decide. No, it's gonna be I. It's gonna be Tom. You went too far. Okay, and who's your hero? <laughs> My hero is gonna be, um, um, Charles Newgarden. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And no explanation yeah. needed. <laughs> right, Jen. I'm gonna go first, and you've got to actually think of one. Think of it now. Um, yeah, yeah, my yeah. hero is going to be Sister Monica Joan again. Yeah, we haven't meant we didn't. Um, we haven't meant... Well, oh, Sister why, Angelina, though? Sister Angelina tried to leave quietly for surgery without anyone seeing. Her. Oh, right. And even though she was obviously quite concerned about it, and Sister Monica Joan didn't let her leave quietly, she saw her off, and she didn't see her off in a way that was ostentatious so that everyone got involved. Yeah, she saw her off in a really nice, kind way that was befitting of Sister Evangelina's departure. So I actually really appreciate it. It showed a real emotional intelligence by SMJ there. So I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. My zero this week is going to be, to be honest, it's going to be Sister Evangelina because she was really bad tempered with Nurse Crane and everything. And then didn't tell, she was just really rude to uh, Sister Winifred and like, oh, talking about it on the bus. And it's like, well, she's only trying to make conversation because you're being so bloody miserable. Also, she was very unwelcoming to nurse crane i just don't think that's the religious way well she's yeah it happens all the time doesn't it right jen yeah. your turn um okay so i'm gonna actually flip the script a little bit so i'm gonna actually give a gentle zero to uh nurse crane because i feel like you have there there's a very great british saying which i love which is begin as you mean to go on and i think you shouldn't just like waltz in there and be so brisk and be so you know like you know tough and everything else i think she could have handled i should think she could have been a lot more friendly and diplomatic as she was kind of getting to know these women so yeah even though i love her so much i'm gonna give her a little zero for her um very a brisk entrance um and at the end of the episode she decided to stay on so you know now she's now she's gonna be part of the team so gonna be in an um, well, she's an not, oh, no. yeah exactly but still you know honorary like because she's one of the midwives um and my hero is going to be um sister julianne and charles newgarden and their love and their story and especially um the two actors jenny agater and i apologize i don't know the gentleman's name but the guy who played charles newgarden because 
seriously, they should both win awards for that those performances. I just thought they were absolutely transcendent, absolutely beautiful. Love them so much. It just sparked so much in me when I watched them. Oh my god, I just I I'm never gonna get over it. I just think they're so beautiful. And and actually, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna add this one little bit. Oh, hang on one sec. His name's Nicholas Farrell. Nicholas Farrell. Okay. One little bon mot. So I had done some Googling for some other thing. And I was reading this thing that Heidi Thomas had written about, or not written, she was giving an interview. And they were asked her about like, why do you think, why do you think Call the Midwife like works so well? And why do you think people love it? It's been on the air for so long. And she was like, well, she's like, the thing I think is actually really successful about the show is that, you know, you can kind of plop down on a Sunday night and have like a really lovely, like just heartwarming show to watch. And it can work on that kind of higher level. She's like, but then if you want to think about it a little bit more, you want to think about the historical context, you want to think about, you know, kind of the time period that they're living in and the, you know, stuff like that. She's like, you know, it gives you the opportunity to dig a little bit deeper. She's like, and then if you like really, really want to go into it and think about, you know, the human drama, the struggle, the sacrifice, the joys, the sorrows, like, you know, all of the, you know, really, really deep conceptual things that we try to hit on every single week. She's like, you can also come to the show and like, you know, really get something from it on that level as well. And so she's like, I think there's a real magic in something that you can kind of literally take whatever you want from it, whatever level and whatever, you know, kind of amount of depth you want to plumb because it has that much like um, variety. And this episode to me was like an absolute perfect encapsulation of that because you could take it from literally one to a hundred. You'd never get bored anywhere on that spectrum. And there was something from for every single part and parcel of what all of it had to offer so I know that's being really long-winded and everything but I just well no I agree and I think that's most <sighs> episodes if I'm honest I think they do it so well they've got the humor oh, they've, yeah. got the heart, oh, yeah. they've got the horrific and again remember this is all from that horrific book <laughs> I know yeah. I know oh wait do we want to answer that that listener's question that that we just heard about um that you just that you just let us know that she had written in look we've only read the first book so we don't know that's true. So, so far. So, our, the... so Lauren uh, messaged in and she said um, that she's been listening to the audiobook and it, where Betty has a breech birth. And she noticed when they mentioned Dr. Turner yeah, that I he has a Dr. Dr. Turner. They talk about his wife and his children. Yeah, children, um, yeah. Plural, not just Timothy Turner. Yeah. And uh, obviously she's saying she's confused because sister, is Sister Bernadette fictional? Well, we don't know yet. Well, I also don't think I don't think they do end up together. From the first book, they definitely don't. From the first, Sister, Bern- Sister Bernadette is not a fictional character. She's in the book as well, but they're not. They're not. They don't fall in love in the book. At least yeah, not. The also, book that we she read. says she loves listening to our podcast, and she really likes Becky's laugh. Oh, <laughs> Lauren, so sweet. Do, so do sweet. A, uh, do you want to do a really forced laugh for her? For, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if Sister Bernadette is a real character, that's quite a leap for the. Writers. Writers to take, then, like, if you're... Yeah, but to be fair, I think that's... Yeah, but I thought about this. I think that's quite a normal leap to take. Like, I think that's quite a Sunday night drama kind of thing, like Forbidden Love and that kind of thing. I don't think that's too much of a stretch because I feel like that's 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 quite normal in TV land. Yeah, and I was also about to say, if your sister Bernadette's grandchildren... You won't not going to be... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> her, her name and legacy died with her. And on that note, ladies. Yes, we will leave it there. We've we've gone quite well on. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um yes. follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, uh 
everything facebook, facebook. we've got a facebook group on there give us yeah. a subscribe like follow us um thank you so much for listening and we yeah. shall see you next week for series four episode three yeah sounds good see you next week bye hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.